It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 2nd, 2020, 2020. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Wanted to make sure I got the year right. First episode of 2020 here of Locked on Magic, and it is a good one as we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Washington Wizards. And yes, all the feelings and thoughts of uh, Jonathan Isaac's uh, knee injury. Uh, there isn't much to say, but we'll of course talk about that in the course of talking about this game. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find on a uh, with from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Washington Wizards side of things? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to prep for the Magic's game against the Miami Heat as the Miami Heat take on the Toronto Raptors on Thursday, check out Locked On Heat. No matter what team you are interested in, whether it's your favorite team, your least favorite team, or just the team that's next on the schedule, you can find a Locked On podcast covering that team. Plus, we have great national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Projecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast too. No matter... Where you download your podcast, no matter uh, what pod, what team you're interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. To search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, college, or, or MLB too, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Download the Locked On podcast. Download your favorite Locked On podcast today, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic's First two minutes were really scary. Two minutes into the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, it felt like the whole season had crumpled again. We noted that after Nikola Vucevic sprained his ankle against the Toronto Raptors on November 20th, that it it felt like then that the Magic season was crashing down because Vucevic is such an important piece to this team. And it seemed like something far worse, at least for the development of this team, is as I think I've argued with many of you that as long as Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, and Mo Bamba are making progress, staying in the seven or eight seeds okay. Those guys are just those guys are the hope in the future of this team. And so it felt like a lot of that hope in future crashed to the floor two minutes into the game. Jonathan Isaac did what he does, what he always does. He played some fantastic defense on Bradley Beal, smothering him and eventually poking the ball away using that tremendous, tremendous length that he has. And he was off to the races. He had to stop at at midcourt to collect the ball, giving Bradley Beal the time to get in front of him. He had Evan Fournier running alongside him. 
but he was going for the basket. And as he cut inside, Beal was a little late getting there. Committed the foul, obviously. But Isaac's leg wrapped sort of awkwardly around Beal's. And as they both fell to the floor, you could very clearly on replays see Isaac's knee bend the wrong way a little bit. He certainly hyperextended the knee, but Isaac stayed on the floor for an extended period of time, much longer than you feel comfortable. And you could tell there was a hush in the stadium, thinking that thinking that this could be the worst. In fact, Steve Clifford said after the game that he thought he heard a pop, and he was thinking the worst as well. Eventually, Magic trainers called for a stretcher. They stretchered Jonathan Isaac off the court, and he was done for the game. This is obviously the big news, as Jonathan Isaac is such a key part of this Magic team, this Magic team's future, and is such a great defender. For, for such a young player, his defense is really such a big benefit to this team. He helps make this team go in so many ways. He is a true difference maker, and if the Magic have one guy that is elite at anything, or potentially elite at anything right now, it is Jonathan Isaac with his defense. He is certainly well on his way to being to making his first all-defensive team, and we expect it to be one of many with the way that he's played defense throughout his entire career and the way he's played defense this year. To see him stretchered off the court was jarring. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it, I, I still don't know how the Magic played the rest of the game, not knowing what was going on. The good news is, at least for now, the good news is, Jonathan Isaac seemed to be in really, really good spirits. He spoke to the media after the game. They aired it on Fox Sports Florida, saying that he thought it was much worse than it was. Uh, while he was on the floor because he'd never gone through a knee injury. He didn't really know what the pain was and was a sharp pain. But once he left the floor, once he was back in the locker room, he started to feel a lot better. The knee was still sore. So, you know, I, I, do, I still think he will miss time. He said the knee was still sore, but he was moving it, bending it. He walked out of the stadium. It didn't seem like he was on crutches. It didn't seem like he had any other extra wrapping on it, you know, other than maybe some ice. But he seemed perfectly okay. Isaac, in fact, hoped that he won't have to miss any time. The official word from the Orlando Magic is Jonathan Isaac hyperextended his left knee. The plan is for him to, as the team returned to Orlando overnight, the plan is for him to get an MRI Thursday. So, so they'll know the extent of the injury on Thursday, probably Thursday morning by Thursday afternoon. They'll know exactly what's, what's up with Isaac and, and what, what the severity of the injury. And for Isaac, that was a sigh of relief. For Clifford, that was a sigh of relief. I think Clifford said that, you know, it seems like we got lucky on this one. And it does indeed seem like the Magic got lucky. But of course, we'll wait the results of the MRI to, to make any determination of that. But Isaac seemed to be in really, really good spirits. Um, it, didn't see, it, it seemed like, kind of, kind of like Nikola Vucevic, because Nikola Vucevic also spoke to the media after his injury. He understood, I mean, everyone knew that he was going to be out for a little while. But he seemed to be in good spirits too, and he ended up missing four weeks, so eleven games. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see what the severity of this injury is with Jonathan Isaac Thursday. So you don't want to speculate too much more. But knees can be weird, so you, you certainly hope for the best. It seemed like good news Wednesday night, but we'll we'll get the final result final results on Thursday. But the Magic still had a game to play. They still had about forty six minutes of basketball left to play, and 
while it, it felt a little jarring and felt like they were not sleepwalking, but you could tell it, you could tell it took them it need, they needed some time to get their footing. Steve Clifford, all of a sudden now without Al Farukuminu, Aaron Gordon, and Jonathan Isaac. Good news on Gordon is he he seems to be on track to play Friday. The, the, the hope it seems like is that he will play Friday. Without those guys, Steve Clifford was mad scientisting, sciencing this this rotation together. Ken Burch was playing the four for long stretches of this game, and surprisingly, surprisingly, it worked. The Magic still had to keep pace with a Washington Wizards team that scores a lot of points. They still needed to get down and defend, and, and guess what? Guess what? The Magic did just that. The Magic hold the, the Wizards under a point per possession. Washington wants to run. They got the ball up floor click. They take quick shots. The Magic defended them well. Uh, in the second half, in the second half, the Magic held the Wizards to a 16.7% offensive rebounding rate, getting more than 80%. And Orlando got wherever they wanted on the court offensively. DJ Augustin was dropping fools and hitting threes and just weaving in and out of the lane at will. Marco Fultz was honestly doing the same. I don't want to take too much too, too much credit away. They were moving the ball and they were finding open players and finding open shooters. And the second quarter was Terrence Ross's three shooting, not his three-point shooting, but his shooting overall that kind of kept the magic going and, and kind of got the magic right as Terrence Ross tends to do. When when he plays well, the magic play well with him because he just frees everyone else up. But really, this Washington defense just had no interest in defending. They are not a good defensive team and Frankly, some of their defense in this game was just downright atrocious. The Magic were just beating them off the dribble, uh, cut, you know, breaking through traps and getting all the way to the basket whenever they wanted. And the Magic went out and routed the Washington Wizards 122 to 101. Game really, you know, Magic biggest lead was 25, but it really didn't feel that close. It helps that Orlando made shots. Don't get me wrong. That was the big problem against Atlanta. Orlando didn't make shots, and that seemed to be. Some of the conclusion that 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 at least Clifford made is that you know it's hard to win in this league when you don't make shots. But the Magic made shots in this game because they got good looks, they moved the ball, they played exactly how they wanted to play, and they played exactly at the pace they wanted to play at. They were quick getting into their offense, they were pushing off of misses, but quick into their offense and moving the ball quickly from side to side, in and out. That's how the Magic play basketball. And Orlando needed this reminder of how they play basketball, and they needed the focus an intensity that they lack Monday night. It's hard to believe that these were the same team. Well, maybe they weren't completely the same teams because of all the injuries, but it's hard to believe these were the same teams. Orlando just did whatever they wanted and beat a team that they had to beat. Unlike Monday, they took care of their business. And it didn't matter who was missing. It didn't matter what happened. The Magic were in control of this game. Really, it felt like from start to finish, from the moment, even from the moment Jonathan Isaac made that steal, because it was def- it was a strong defensive effort throughout. Orlando was was right where they needed to be. They challenged shots. They deflected passes. They got steals. They were they they limited the Wizards to one shot for the most part. It was a f- and it, and they stopped fast breaks. I mean, Washington is one of the best fast breaking teams in the league. They play at an incredibly fast pace. They score a lot of points. They just try to outscore you, and Orlando just shut them down. Um, you know, it was a struggle for Washington to get over 100, which is a big feat. In fact, 
Don't be fooled by the 101 number. Magic held the Wizards to 98.8, to I believe 98 points per 100 possessions. The Wizards uh, offensively are up at around 111. So the Magic did a really good job defensively in this game. And Steve Clifford even said after the game, this was that, that second half was probably one of our best halves of basketball all year. Granted, it was this opponent. The Wizards are not a great team, but the Magic took care of their business. And again, that's really all you need to say about this game. The Magic took care of their business. Doing it without Jonathan Isaac and facing the adversity that they face heading into this game, that's the real message of this one. And that's what we'll talk about here in just a moment. So, are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try parlay. I'm sure some of you saw Uncut Gems. Don't bet that much. I mean, that Adam Sandler was a little crazy in that movie, but Uncut, but Uncut Gems, the guy essentially plays a, plays a bunch of parlays and wins a ton of money. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back into the game. Put a little skin in the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast before we dive into some of the other important parts of this game. Of course, the Orlando Magic defeat the Washington Wizards 122-101. to Outscore the Wizards 54-36 to in the paint. I thought the Magic did a really good job kind of living in the paint and making that the point of their attack. Wizards outscore the Magic 15-13 to in fast break points, which I do think is a pretty big victory. And again, second half, Orlando outscores Washington 60-43. to Only 18 points allowed in the fourth quarter. So really good defensive effort for Orlando, especially in that second half. Orlando shoots 47.4% for the game, 37.5% from beyond the arc, 12 for 32, 20 for 27 from the foul line. So still missing some free throws, but overall a really strong effort. In fact, uh, looking at at the box score here, uh, only Emile Jefferson missed multiple free throws. So a lot of guys only missing one free throw if they missed any at all. Orlando was led in scoring by DJ Augustin. 25 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. I can't believe he actually shot 7 for 15. It felt like he was like making everything. 9 assists, 2 steals. Uh, DJ was everywhere, especially in the second half. Second half, he was just getting, again, 
anywhere he wanted on the floor. He was finishing around the basket. He was dishing He was dishing the ball out well, whipping it to the outside. Just, again, getting anywhere he wanted. You probably saw the highlight where he dropped um, dropped Washington's Garrison Matthews on the floor with a just nasty crossover. I mean, he, he kind of said it after the game. Everyone knows that I like to reject the screen. He's kind of new to the league. He probably didn't read the scouting report. And so Augustine pulled him pulled him back, pulled him in, pulled him back again, and then whipped, zipped by him. Got an and one out of that as well. Um, he just he was just everywhere. And really wasn't just DJ Augustine. It was also Markel Fultz. Fultz with 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 8 assists, 2 steals, uh, 4 rebounds as well. I thought he did a really good job rebounding the ball. Uh, to to help out help out the pay, the post there, uh, but b- both Marco Fultz and DJ Augustine really and, and they do it in different ways. Augustine's more kind of zippy, kind of weaving in and out. Marco Fultz is more straight line drive. He, if he's going to the basket, he's going to get to the basket. Um, it, they both got to the basket. They both got in the paint and get, and those positive paint touches just opens everything up for the Magic. Again, you shoot twelve for thirty two from from beyond the arc. Not the greatest percentage, but for this team, certainly effective enough. You get to the line for twenty seven free throws. I mean, Magic. The, the, the fun thing about the Magic this year is they're actually not bad at getting the foul line. They're not elite. They're not uh, at the top of the league, but they are getting the foul line a lot more. So, you know, being able to rely on 20 free throws, it allows you to maybe not be as efficient offensively, at least from field goal percentage standpoint. Again, that was the big problem for Orlando really for the last seven years. So Orlando was near the bottom or at the at the bottom of free throw rate. And this year they're like 20th, 19th, you know, somewhere in, somewhere in there. So, they're cert- so the Magic certainly get into the foul line more, and that's been a huge boost again. Augustine and Fultz just got wherever they wanted on the floor. Big, big benefit to this team overall. Nikola Vucevic adds 20 points, 8 for 20 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 12 rebounds to assist. Vucevic just solid game. Um, I wouldn't say too much more than that. I thought he was a little late defensively on a few possessions, especially in the first half, but everyone was dialed in in the second half, so I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. This is just kind of a, a good, uh, not a great Vucevic game, but certainly an adequate one. Same with Evan Fournier, 18 points, 7 for 16 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds, 4 turnovers for him, 2 steals as well. Um, you know, just he, he, you know, was forcing his shots a little bit, but again, got his points, you know, didn't hurt the team really with those turnovers. I, I, I really, I, I can't believe he actually had 4 turnovers. Maybe they were all in the first half. Um, but 9 turnovers total for the Magic, so, you know, they did a really good job protecting the ball. That limits fast breaks against this Wizards team. Washington, uh, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll say this. Washington had no interest in defending in this game. Orlando beat the Wizards so many times on backdoor cuts, just beating them in transition, just running behind behind guys who were watching the ball. And Orlando just made really nice passes. Um, a big thing for me for the Magic throughout this season has been their passing. Uh, I thought early on in the season or when their offense is struggling, and again, I would say watch this. You know, Watch for this. When the Magic are struggling offensively, I think you'll notice that their passing is less precise. They're... they're, they're, they're the big men or whoever, whoever's um, on the perimeter don't, don't catch the passes cleanly. That allows the defense to catch up. When the Magic are playing really, really well, their passes are on point. They're, they're whipped you know, right out to them, right out to people to take, take easy shots or to attack really quickly. A good pass allows for a quick decision. Uh, and, and, I, and it also keeps the pace up. A bad pass slows the pace of an offense down, allows the defense to, to, to reset, and forces you to have to kind of reset your whole offense. So, Magic made some really nice passes in this game, and I'm not just talking about assists. So, you know, throw the you know assists are part of it, but uh, this is really as much about um, about just making good simple passes, just the kind of the simple things that don't show up on a box score. So, Orlando again, Washington just had no interest in defending. Orlando made really nice passes to to get guys open. 
Um, you know, they had guys who sought their own shots and made them. Terrence Ross, especially, 15 points, 6 for 10 shooting, 3 for 6 uh, from beyond the arc. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, he scored, I think, 12 of twelve of his uh, 15 in the first half. So he was re- he was really a non-factor as the Magic extended their lead out. Um, I thought he did a really good job. You know, Steve Clifford said uh, on Thursday, on Tuesday, that he wanted to make, to try and work to get Ross more open shots. And I think the way that they did that a lot was they had Ross run a few, like, kind of quick pick and rolls. They had, you know, he was taking less shots kind of off screens, like, immediately, because teams are trapping him a little bit more off screens. And they had him handle the ball more to get into a shot. And I thought, I thought that really worked out well in this one. And, and of course, the Magic kind of got him more spot up opportunities as well, because, again, they lived in the paint, they got whatever they wanted in the paint. Russell Wendu with 10 points as well, doing a good job stepping up. First kind of really good game for him uh, in a while. Uh, and again, I would, you know, I would say before his injury, Jonathan Isaac was actually making a pretty big impact. Uh, the last guy I want to make sure I point out, um, I thought Ken Burch had his best game of the season. Seven points, three for three shooting, 10 rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Um, rebounding was kind of the big thing for him when he was the starting center for a little while. Uh, he rebounded really, really well, competed really hard on the glass. Thought he played with a lot of energy. Um, Steve Clifford gave him a challenge in, in playing the four and defending out on the perimeter, and I think he really stepped up to the plate on that challenge. The Magic needed the Magic needed him. They will need him. They needed him to step up and play big. Uh, I was really skeptical when the Magic threw out the Ken Birch Mobamba lineup. I, I, I didn't think that, that it would work particularly well, especially because Washington tends to play very, very small. Um, but it worked. It really worked. And and I think Birch, and honestly, Mo Bamba, I thought Oxlade had a really nice game as well. Uh, three for six shooting, seven points as well for him. Six rebounds, so he did a nice job on the glasses. Rebounding has gotten a lot better. Um, I thought both those guys played really, really well. They're kind of both kind of stuck in there, out of position, and they made it work. Um, will that lineup work moving forward? Will it work against a, a better opponent, like the two of the Magic play this weekend? Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think that's to be determined, But but I really liked what they both did in this game. So, uh, again, a lot of guys just stepping up to the plate exactly how the Magic needed them to do so. Washington shoots just 37.9% from the floor, 9 for 31 from beyond the arc. Only thing the Magic did wrong defensively, 26 of 31 uh, free throws for the Wizards. A lot of those coming in the first half. I think the Wizards had 20 of those in the first half. Um, The Magic just had a spate of fouling that kept Washington in the game. It was really the only reason this game was close for a very, very long time because the Magic's defense was really, really good. Uh, and, and and that'll be something to watch as the Magic play tougher opponents, uh, you know, because can they play defense without fouling? And that's that's a hallmark of Steve Clifford's defense. Defenses, that's not what happened in this game, so certainly Orlando has that to work on as well. The Magic forced 13 turnovers in this one. They're able to turn uh, that into, into 13 fast-break points, so, you know, the Magic do a good job getting turnovers, you know, certainly better, you know, they, they didn't turn the ball over very much, but Orlando did such a good job defensively. They, they locked down the glass, only nine offensive rebounds, for the Wizards, they did score on a lot of those nine offensive rebounds, uh, leading to 14 second-chance points. But again, Orlando was so good in the second half defensively. Bradley Beal was back in this one. He did get his 27 points, but 8 for 20 shooting. Um, got to the line. That's how that's how he got a lot of his points. But Orlando did such a good job defending. Isaiah Thomas was a non-factor. Um, really, no one outside of Bradley Beal was really giving the Wizards much offensively consistently. Orlando just doing a good job just kind of limiting them to one one possession of scoring, and then that's it. They couldn't string together a couple of possessions to make any real run in this one. The Orlando Magic defeat the Washington Wizards 122-101 at Capital One Arena. They'll be back in action Friday against the Miami Heat.
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of all the questions that were asked of the Orlando Magic following Monday's loss to the Atlanta Hawks, I think the biggest one was was the one that was hardest to quote because it was so tied to the question. But uh, one of the reporters in, in the locker room after the game asked John, asked Jonathan Isaac, you know, who is pretty thoughtful with his, with his questions, but you, but you could tell uh, on Monday night that he was searching for answers. That you know he was trying to be political, which you know I certainly understand, but um, he was trying to search for the right words or, or, or really think about how to describe what went wrong. But the one question that he gave just a really quick response to just a just a quick you know no thought needed to this to, to answer this question one of the reporters asked Isaac does this team always adhere to its identity and Isaac said pretty imme- immediately no not always you know, simple, simple, like kind of three, four word answer to, to a very big question. We know that this Magic team wants to be good defensively, that they want to move the ball. We know what this Magic team has to do to win games. And figuring out how to do that capably against elite opponents, against strong opponents, is part of the struggle that this team has gone through so far this year. And so, yes, you have to agree with Isaac's characterization that this team knows it is a whole lot better than what they've shown. They know that they can play the way that they need to play, and the question is, why doesn't it show up all the time? And I think that was was really the big question I think the Magic were asking themselves following Monday's game. As much as some of you may want to debate me on this, the the Magic are a playoff team in this Eastern Conference. I I, I fully and firmly believe they are one of the eight best teams in the conference. Um, you know, regardless of whether they actually are or not, they certainly should think they are. And the and the standings would suggest that yes, they are two games ahead of the Chicago Bulls for eighth, two games behind the Brooklyn Nets for seventh. So you know, still something to fight for and, and climb to. But. Regardless of any of that, the Magic know they are not playing to their standard. And that's what Monday's loss brought in stark relief. So, this team being a playoff-capable team, uh, an experienced now playoff-capable team, I fully expected, no matter what, they were going to come out focused and engaged Wednesday night against the Wizards. I, I had no doubt in my mind that... Wednesday's game was going to be very different than Monday's game. And honestly, with the Wizards essentially going through the same issues that the Hawks are going through in so many ways, a perfect kind of stand-in to say, say, we're going to make up for what we didn't do against the Hawks. The result of, the result of Wednesday's game did not, does not surprise me. I expected the Magic 
to be on fire defensively. I expected them to be sharper offensively, especially against a bad defense. I expected this kind of a game. When a good team loses the way that they lost to Atlanta, because it was all, all, and again, no, no offense to Atlanta. Atlanta played, they won that game, they deserved to win that game. When the Magic, when, when a good team plays that way and knows that it's on them, that it was what they did, it was their mistakes that cost them the game, if they're worth their salt, they will come out the next night with much more focus and much more fire. And the Wizards are not a team that's going to be able to, to withstand that, and that proved to be the case. Of course, it's, it's how the Magic got there that I think is the most promising and interesting part of this game. The Magic have very quietly dealt with a lot of injuries that, that I do think are very much at the root of a lot of their consistency issues. If, if you're looking to say, why aren't the Magic what they were last year? I would, I would argue that, A, you know, maybe there's a little bit of resting on your laurels and, knowing, and, and kind of human nature knowing that, that you have that reserve back in there. But I think a big part of it is they haven't been fully healthy long enough to, for us to, sit, to really say what this team is. Even dating back to the preseason. I mean, Clifford said that the Magic didn't have the preseason and training camp that they wanted, but at the same time, Aaron Gordon got popped in the mouth three games into the preseason, had to sit out a little while. Nikola Vucevic dealt was dealing with nagging injuries during the preseason. They get into the regular season, it maybe takes them a while to get going, they start getting going, they start playing really, really well, and then all of a sudden, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon are out of the lineup. All of a sudden, Michael Carter-Williams is out of the lineup. And slowly, you know, Vuce, you know, this was like right when Vucevic was getting going and looking like an all-star again. And then Vucevic comes, and then Gordon comes back, takes a while to get his rhythm. Vucevic comes back, takes a while to get his rhythm. And then... Just as the Magic seem to be getting their feet back under them again, you know, Gordon's dealing with the lingering ankle issue. So I, I, I do think, you know, it's not an excuse. The Ma- and, you know, of course, Alfred Camino has been out for now for a while too. It's not an excuse. The Magic have had, should have, and could have a much better record. They, they are still with what they have, I think, better than what their record shows and better than what they've performed because... Their, their overall net rating also not very good this year. So um, I, I, I don't mean to, to say that the Magic, oh, the Magic should be what everyone thought they might be, but they, I think they are certainly better than what they've shown so far this year, even if they haven't played that way. But uh, the lack of consistency in the lineup has certainly hurt this team. But uh, on the other token, on the other side of that coin, what, what was so big about that Magic team last year was how resilient they were. How you know they took a lot. They took back-to-back loss of the Cavs and Knicks last year, and they came back and won big game after big game after big game. They never let any one thing affect them for long. That the, the playoff mentality that they had was that never die attitude. Throw them a curveball, they will hit it out of the park still. And granted, they never dealt with maybe the injury curveball last year that they that they've had the roster problems that they've had last year. But it was a resilient bunch. And they were never, you never believed they were out of a game. So maybe, just maybe, Wednesday's game was proof that, that this group can be resilient again. 
to be sure, losing to the Atlanta Hawks in the way that they lost to the Hawks and kind of doing the soul-searching that they did meant Wednesday's game was a test of their resolve. Were they going to come in and just do the same thing and chalk that game up to missing shots and kind of lays their way through the game like they did against Atlanta? Because even though they built an 18-point lead, Magic were not good offensively in that game at all at any point, except for that that run when they built the 18-point lead. They were not good offensively, and their defense just couldn't carry them, and the defense struggled, I thought, in the second half. The Magic had to go back out there against a similar team, a team that they had to beat, certainly with the four-game homestand coming up with some very tough opponents, a win that they probably needed to have. The Magic had to go out there and prove who they were, what they were really made of, and how they would approach games the rest of, you know, at least on Wednesday, but really for the rest of the season. It was a big game in that sense that the Magic had to just prove that they had the mindset to win. Throw in another curveball now with Jonathan Isaac suffering an injury. That would be enough to derail a lot of teams. I've been to plenty of games in my time watching watching this Magic team, watching basketball, where a major injury like that happens early in the game, where a player is stretchered off the court and you could see the air air rush out of the balloon. You could see shoulders slump. You could see a team that isn't fully engaged with what's going on. And, you know, maybe that happened early on after that injury. Because, again, it's human nature. I'm not going to blame guys for for that. But credit to this team, too. For with a lineup that was so mismatched that really had never played together before, that, you know, you didn't really know where the offense was coming from or whether the offense would work at all, is just kind of throw guys out there and hope it works or keep searching for the right combinations until you find one that maybe has a little bit of rhythm. Give the Magic credit for rallying after that injury. For finding the energy, for finding the will, for finding the resolve to not only win, but win big and win in exactly the way the Magic have to win and that way the Magic have to play to win basketball games. Yes, we have seen teams undermanned win big games. The Hawks did it to the Magic. The Wizards did it to the Heat the other night on Monday night as well. So that part isn't necessarily the strange part. But what was important to see is the Magic show that resolve again. And it doesn't matter what you throw at them or what the circumstances might be, they will find a way. Now, I will grant you, you're probably saying, well, it's just the Wizards. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Certainly one of the worst defenses in the league. And I would agree with you. It's just one game. And the regular season is not about one game. The reason why I didn't panic about the Hawks because it's just one game. You lose the Hawks and the Wizards back-to-back, then you got problems. Then, then I'll start raising some alarm bells. It's just one game. The NBA the regular season at least, is about consistency. Steve Clifford often says the NBA is about how you respond. How you respond to adversity. Magic certainly did that in 
coming out with renewed focus even after Jonathan Isaac's injury. It's also about how you respond to success. Do you get too high? Do you pat yourself on the back after a win, after two wins, after three wins, after winning four or five, after winning seven of nine? Do you pat yourself on the back or do you keep getting to work? The regular season is about consistency. Consistency of effort, consistency of approach, and being able to just, again, being able to, on your worst day, have something to fall back on. And that consistency is what the Magic have missed this year. They haven't had that thing to fall back on. They thought they'd have the defense, an elite-level defense. Defense is kind of muddled along. It hasn't been as good as I think we all anticipated it would be, or certainly as, as we think it can be. So the question now, after responding to that loss to Atlanta, and again, responding to the injury to Jonathan Isaac, which they will have to respond to again on Friday, the question now is will this approach, will this intensity, will this effort be the same again? Now that you've answered the bell, answered the call after that loss to Atlanta, is this your new normal? Is this how you're going to approach every game? Is this how you're going to attack every game? Is this how you're going to play every game? If you do that, then the resiliency will come. Then the characteristics that made last year's team so much fun and so endearing and so good will return in full force. But unfortunately this year, the Magic haven't always had that consistent approach. For whatever reason. So Jonathan Isaac's words for Monday night still ring. Has this team adhered to its identity all the time? The answer Monday night was no. The answer after Wednesday night is still yet to be written. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you don't podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I want to wish everyone a belated Happy New Year, Happy 2020. You can check out orlandomagicdaily.com for our New Year's resolutions for the Orlando Magic in 2020. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit coming up tomorrow, as well as some some uh, all decade stuff. I'm, I'm planning to to make to name my all decade team, but in the meantime, I did say I did write a column saying that the Magic are still influenced by Dwight Howard as the most influential person of the 2010s for the Orlando Magic. So definitely check that out if you get the chance. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.